Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Projection List Podcast presents the Evil Dead series. This is Jordan. This is Ryan. Chad. Max. And Brandon. How's everybody doing this morning? Fantastic. Good. I couldn't think of a funny name. I woke up too early. Well, I, I, I couldn't say the artist formerly known as Jordan like I did last time. So right, that yeah. was that was too you can't awesome. Repeat yourself. No, I can't. But anyway, so we're talking about Evil Dead. I don't know how everybody feels about this franchise. Uh, I know what my brother feels about it. So him and I may be going into fisticuffs here. But I am not a fan of this franchise. No, yeah, I, I was actually looking forward to it because yeah. you, you were like. Oh, Brandon can do Evil Dead. I'm like, but you hate Evil Dead. Yeah, I I don't like any of them. To be fair, the only one I actually like is the remake. So Good. Well, I thought Brandon oh, would God. be mad at me this whole time, so maybe he'll be more mad at you. Maybe. Which would be nice. Maybe. I don't see the appeal of these movies. I don't see how the people think these movies are good. Did you not laugh? No. Ever? Not at all? No. Jordan doesn't no. have his fucking soul, so it's, it's all right. <laughs> My soul already got ate by the Necronomicon. I mean, Look, I, it's just... <laughs> not to jump ahead, like, I like the movies. It's just not, you know, it's not something I'm super into, but I, I like them. I don't think they're that good, but we'll talk about it because what we're going to do is this, and for the new people that are listening and also to my uh, to my brother here who's his first time doing the show with us, this is how the show kind of works. I come up with a series of questions that I thought about for that movie, so today we're reviewing Evil Dead. Oh, I'm sorry, The Evil Dead because The Evil Dead's the remake. So we're going to talk about The Evil Dead and The Evil Dead only, and okay. we'll talk about, and I'll have questions, and we all answer, get our opinions about it, and overall we'll give our overall rating, of course. So I guess the first thing is, my first question is, why is this franchise so beloved? Because I don't see it. Um, I think it's, uh, I don't know, I, I think it took horror to a different approach, especially for me and for a lot of people. Um, I know, not saying that comedy was never non-existent in horror, I think it uh, opened up two things, I feel. It, it revitalized comedy and horror. And it was revolutionary in a technical term. Because if you really watch any of the Evil Dead movies, especially the first one, the the playfulness of the camera, um, the things they did for such a low budget, um, I think is what really attracted a lot of people. And, um, I mean, that was just a movie that just spawned out of nowhere. And a lot of people, especially in that time, who were trying to get into film independently, it was something to look up to. Uh, okay. not, not, not to piggyback on what he said, but uh, I while while rewatching these, I actually saw a lot of uh, Edgar Wright in the in all three of them. Oh yeah, he he appreciates those movies greatly. Yeah. Well, I mean, like for student films, like these, I, I for a student for a, for a well, I don't know if it was a student film the first one, but for a, for a low budget film like this, I mean, it's like pretty exceptional the way it's shot, and I mean, like I I do think it's inspiring, you know, and and I think. I mean, probably the reason that the series is so successful, I mean, I have a theory, and you guys might disagree with me, that when people say they like the Evil Dead, they really mean they like Evil Dead 2, essentially. <laughs> I think Evil Dead 2 is, like, the really iconic one. And then Army of Darkness as well. That's where the satire got the strongest. And yeah. see, I feel uh, I feel sometimes that the, uh, the first Evil Dead actually gets uh, misrepresented by... Uh, because if you really watch the first one, it's some of the humor is played subtly. Yeah, no, it's, it's a, more yeah. horror than anything. It's a very different kind of film from the other two. Very different. Essentially, two is just a remake of one. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah it's kind of like uh, Terminator, but instead, uh, in Terminator Two, but instead of like continuing the story, they just kind of like literally just reboot it. Yeah, 
I mean, there's 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 people on YouTube who have literally said that and have put together there's there's certain cuts in all three that you can just combine together to make one huge feature length. <laughs> I'd like to watch that. Yeah. Pan, do you have any idea? Do you, do you have any suggestion on why? No, I think I think test? why people really like it is is mostly because the camera work is, is is that it it is very playful, as Brandon said. I think that it's a lot of stuff, especially the uh, when when you when it's supposed to be the dead and they're they're running through the forest with the camera. I think yeah. that 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 is what most people attribute to the franchise. I just I think it it just opened up a whole new playbook. I think for filmmakers to see that I not saying that film wasn't experimental like that before, but at that level and of just a group of friends in a cabin to, to, I don't want to say revolutionize to innovate. Yeah. To, to really it's bring stuff that people are used to and they, they change it up just enough where it's right, different they, enough. They made the camera a character right. yeah. and that's something that was new. I think it would be kind of equal to like, uh, what like happened with uh, punk rock, wherein everybody realized, hey, I can do this. Yeah. You know, like I can, I don't, I don't have to be that great. I can fucking do this. Well, mm. see, like some of the production notes on Evil Dead was some one of the. Uh, here's just how simple it is. The the effect of the deadite through the woods is just a camera mounted on a two by four. Yeah, I've heard that. It's like so and see, and it, that's it. It utilized um, in the like indie filmmaking to a T. The, the end. That's that's cause that's my favorite shot where it goes from the back into through the house into Ash. Yeah, They're just on a bike. Yeah, yeah, they just put a camera on a bike and yeah. rode it. No, it's this beautiful shot. And uh, I mean, also, I mean, talking about the later films in the series too. I mean, I think part of the reason it's so iconic is I mean, Bruce Campbell. Like not so much in mm-hmm. this film, but in the other two. I mean, you know, it's just it's just such a likable performance, you know, and it's like so distinctive. So hmm. I think that's a big part. He's of almost it like. Uh, <laughs> He's an action movie version of Deadpool that doesn't break the fourth wall. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, I guess we have a lot of things to share when we get to Evil Dead 2 <laughs> then about that. However, though, in this episode, I understand what you guys are all saying about the camera movements and how it's very uh, appealing and how that gives a lot of people ideas and strengths of what they can do. I get that. I just don't have anything for this movie. Uh, now, I, I, it just it's boring to me. Uh, there's no sense of fear to me. Uh, I find it to be laughable, not meaning that I'm laughing at it, going, oh, this is great, I'm having a good time, laughing, saying, well, this is bad. How old were you when you saw the first one? The first one? Oh, God. Um, I have... I was going into college because I saw Only Evil Dead 2 for the longest time, and then I... They released a box set or something like that. I remember back when I was 17, 18 years old where they had like a new cover or something like that. You have a copy, I believe. Uh, but yeah, I'm not sure. So I'm like, and, and and that's when I saw the first time. I was like, oh, this is this is the probably Evil the Dead? Boomstick edition from Anchor Bay. It probably more than likely probably the Boom. I have no idea. Mm. But I, I I just uh, so I probably saw when I was 16, 17 years old. See, I think that's probably might be. Well, I don't know. Like you you were getting into film then around then too, weren't you? Were yeah. You getting, see, that should have been this movie should have been something for you then. It should have like it should have tickled some kind of bone in you. Um, unfortunately, at that point, I was like every 16, 17-year-old who was, not every, I'm just going to speak for myself, but I was really big into the indie art uh, Tarantino kind of stuff at that point. I wasn't into uh, shaky, weird movements. I wasn't into Evil Dead kind of movies. I was getting out of my love for Jason and Freddie and Michael, and I was exploring myself with the kind of Dr. Caligari, Bicycle Thief, uh, uh, you know, uh, Pulp Fiction, Reservoir Dogs, like those kind of movies. That's what I was really into. Um, but, uh, no, it's just, 
for some reason, this move, not actually for some reason, I just don't love this one. Um, and I don't see how uh, Ashley, Bruce Campbell's character, is anything to be iconic. Maybe in later films, but yeah. we're talking about this movie, I don't see how this guy's iconic. No, not necessarily in this film. I think if it was just for this film, it wouldn't be an iconic I think character. He's, I think he's a bad actor, so that goes into my next question. Let's talk about this movie, okay? Again, because we're only reviewing these per episodes. What is it about Bruce Campbell's Ash that everybody gravitates towards in this movie? Why do we like him? I don't think I don't, I don't think, think it's this movie. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. it's Evil one. Dead too. Yeah, yeah. Nobody gravitates to him. Not in that this he's movie. not that he's completely shit in the first one. Yeah, I mean, he's, but there's nothing there's nothing there's to no the character. Substance. He's just yeah. he's just, they're all just there. I mean, it's it's kind of it's kind of like an alien thing where he becomes like more capable as the movie goes on and more like, the yeah. main character as it goes on, but he's still not like. He's not super interesting in this movie, I don't think. Hmm. Okay. All right. Well, well like, I, yeah, it's like it's what Max said earlier that a lot of people confuse th- their appreciation for this one. Everyone says they love The Evil Dead for the fact that everyone likes The Evil Dead Two. Yeah. Because I'm with you. I don't really like this one, but I really like Evil Dead Two. Yeah, I don't. I don't really like this one a, a lot. Um, let's see here. There's some other questions about it here. Um, the tree raping scene's ridiculous, of course, but that's just. That's just ridiculous. Do you have a question about that? <laughs> I don't have a question. It's like, I mean, okay, fine. Okay, we'll go with that. Do you guys think the tree rape scene was necessary um, for this? Well, even even Raimi said it. He'll even admit to it that he, he actually wished that it wasn't in the movie. Oh, really? Yeah. I, I mean, I think that's become really iconic for the movie, and I think it's kind of unfortunate. Because I think, I think, like, people kind of look at it the wrong way. Like, like that's a disturbing scene. Like, it's 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 messed up and i think that people look at it with a kind of levity that i think is kind of unfortunate and see that's where i feel if if people have went in one into seeing two and army darkness first and they go into the first one there's certain scenes that they're laughing at that necessarily the film's intention wasn't for you to laugh yeah no that's clearly not a humorous scene i mean it's like horrifying which i, I actually i'm gonna i'm gonna say now this is my this was actually one of my biggest questions do you think that this movie was intentionally trying to be funny like Evil Dead 2. The first one, no. no. no Do you I think Sam know. Raimi was literally thinking, okay, I'm going to make a legitimate scary horror flick? I think, he was, I think he was trying to make a cheap splatter film that he could sell real fast. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it has those cheesy elements to it, but it's like it's kind of like a tribute, you know? So it's not... It's like a tribute to those cheesy horror films, but it's straight-faced. I mean, I I saw the first one when I was 11, uh-huh. and it, it it scared me. Like, I want... Really? Uh, yeah. Because um, uh, we had a local uh, flea market and uh, I remember walking through, and I had uh, I had seen a copy of The Fog, and I was like, oh, I like that movie. And then I saw another one called The Evil Dead, and the cover was a girl essentially in, like, a grave bursting out with her hand out of it. Oh, yeah, the one with the blue background? Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, whoa. And I read the back of it, and I saw, like, this weird deadite. Well, I didn't know they were deadites then, but this, in my head, zombie yeah. with rotting flesh. And I'm like, all right, I've got to get this. Yeah. The moment she floats in the air and turns around and, and pretty much, you will die, you know, and like floating in the air doing that weird thing. I had never seen that before. So it was, not only was it something that terrified me, it was something new. And then once I built up the courage to finish it, I realized what it did for me. Well, that goes into my next question then, actually, because that's a good point. So it terrified you as a kid, right, mm-hmm. with the imagery. But did it terrify you knowing that, I mean, does not just you, but anybody on the table, do you guys actually care about who lives or dies in this movie, though? I mean, like, I get what you're saying about the the imagery being terrifying, but yeah. were you like, oh man, she's well, dead? No, but do you give a shit about the people who die on Friday the Thirteenth? Some, not all, do? but some. You know, yeah. some some that have uh, stereotypical caricatures that I like. 
You know, like uh, like Shelly from Friday Thirteenth Part Three, who gives him the mask. I liked him. He was a comedic character. I don't want him to die, yeah. but still, I mean, like, do we do we find ourselves going rooting for Ash? Do we do we find ourselves uh, really caring about who lives or dies? I mean, that's actually an interesting uh, question because I think that that is why people eventually do gravitate to his character. If not, if not in this, but I think they do that actually pretty well in uh, the remake. Uh, wherein at the beginning you really don't care, and, but eventually throughout the movie you you kind of start to side with this character and you start to empathize with him, especially in in the sequel. But I think yeah. it yeah. starts to happen in this one. I mean, okay, like 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 character development is not necessarily this movie's strong suit. Like these characters are not especially strong. But just in terms of, like, the horror impact, like, the impact... I, I do think the Deadites in this movie are genuinely disturbing. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. they're, they're kind of hard to look at at times. Well, they're so manipulative, too. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And, uh, like, like, the characters in this, I feel... They're laid out in a very elementary way, but I feel that's all it needed. Mm-hmm. I mean, for a weekend of friends hanging out in a cabin, you don't really need to explore much, yeah. I feel. But... Bruce Campbell's character Ash to me in the first one I once I built up the courage to finish it as a kid I found myself really loving him especially when he hones the shotgun because at that moment I realized that he was down to do business he was ready to survive the night no see I start rooting for Ash when he's the only one left when he's the only one left I start caring about him okay so what's this rumor I'm sure everybody would know Baron, and you may know, because I'm considering you an expert in the Evil Dead things. But I'm not an expert. But. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You know more about it than I do. Um, what's with this thing about milk? They used milk for something? For well, the vomit, yeah. For the vomit? That was a straight milk? Well, it it's expressed more in the later, in the in the sequels. But, oh. I mean, um, the MPAA and their... their Glory. <laughs> uh, for whatever reason, their shame of blood is okay. what could really cause ratings, especially back then, to really be skyrocketed to an NC-17. And, and and this was R, not to interrupt you, this was R, right? Yeah, yeah of this is rated X. This is X? Yeah, this is rated X, the second now one. It, I mean, now yeah. it's R, but... Yeah, now, yeah. But now it would be an R, but originally it was rated X. I think the second one was uh, uh, unrated because they got an NC-17, and the Army of Darkness is rated R. Huh. And that's why he resorted to things. Like, uh, actually, when one of the Deadites are decomposing like yeah. uh out of its wrist out of the cuffs links of its wrist it's just uh food colored uh grits <laughs> food colored grits yeah they just put green food coloring and, and it's just grits being shot out <laughs> really <laughs> yeah okay look i understand you know that they were independent filmmakers and this is something they had to do and i do idolize that what i mean is i'm not saying that i don't think that this franchise okay i think this franchise is good but i do respect what they were trying to do i mean i understand it i go with it i don't like everything but I do respect what they were doing. Hey, we can't get a lot of blood because of MPAA destroying our flicks, so let's use milk or let's use green colored, you know, colored grits or whatever. <laughs> like, like that's great. I do like that. I do respect the uh, the actual camera movements. I think that is gutsy for an independent filmmaker. I'm assuming to rent a camera. I'm assuming they didn't buy it. Well, and they, uh, I think I think one of the methods of fundraising that they did was uh, they put a. Uh, money collection jars at uh convenience stores and gas stations oh really yeah saying we're lo- we're we're a bunch of local uh filmmakers trying to make a movie would you like to donate yeah i think that they didn't it didn't um satisfy their entire budget but i yeah. think uh it definitely helped a little which which i think is ballsy because i'm assuming you know that like i said i mean like because that's interesting that they did that's a good idea but i mean i'm i i think it's really ballsy that if you run a camera 
like it's to me it's like okay we're a group of filmmakers and we go out and we rent the red the last thing we're going to do is put it on a two by four and run around with it no, yeah. you know what i'm trying to say so i think that's very ballsy and and, and gutsy for them to do that now now was this filmed actually in michigan because same rimey parts of it the cabin was down in tennessee tennessee, tennessee. like that when they go in the basement that's in detroit by the cellar but everything else is in tennessee everything else in t- because isn't sam Raimi what uh he's from uh, detroit he's from royal oak michigan okay because because the university wasn't it eastern michigan university or i thought it was, it michigan, I thought it was michigan state yeah, I think michigan. oh michigan yeah. state's where he's from she's, um second one she's wearing a michigan state shirt yeah oh okay bruce campbell and his and his his past and his family is, is i forgot the town name i'm I should remember because I'm actually listening to an audiobook right now called "If Chins Could Kill: Confessions okay. of a B Movie Actor." Okay, it's about Bruce Campbell's life as childhood and his start in the movies. Uh huh. Um, I've been curious to read that. Yeah, it's awesome. And uh, he he I forgot the town name, but he's it's around the Detroit area. But is it is it is it Royal Oak? He, I thought they grew up in the ah. Uh, it doesn't it didn't ring a bell. Uh, it's it's like because Royal Oak's like north of Detroit. Yeah, but I mean, like, Bruce Campbell's father and grandfather all went to uh, U of M, so... Gotcha. Yeah, cause, because uh, wasn't Bruce Campbell and Raimi friends? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, childhood friends? Yeah. Okay, so now, here's... Well, here's, I don't know childhood. I think it's early uh, co- like college. They just got him yeah. friend in college. Now, this has really... Well, okay, this, this is a strange question, because I thought about this, and I wanted to hear what everybody had to think about this. Sam Raimi, if you look at his past records before a certain day... I'm just saying from a from a mind of a studio, okay. And if every this I think is an interesting question. You see the Evil Dead, you see the Evil Dead franchise, Evil Dead Two, Army of Darkness. You see Dark Man. Did he do Dark Man Two or just the first one? Just the first one. And he's done some other slapstick ones here and there. And then the, the studio says, "This is the guy to direct Spider-Man." Well, why? Well, uh, I'll counter that argument with um, Peter Jackson's early career, which was fucking brain dead. Uh, meet the meet the feebles, a bunch of slapstick, you know, ridiculous yeah. horror, and then he gets to do uh, Lord of the Rings. Yeah, which is my what 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 does the studio? Well, I mean, I'm well, this. Um, Sam, well, at that point, Sam Raimi has has shown a proficiency with uh, special effects, uh, costume design, character designs, all that stuff. Um, in Army of Darkness, they have all those deadites that are motion control, like deadites stop are these motion. skeleton people. Yeah, skeletons. Okay. Those are. When when you, you can tell some of them are fake, some of them are people in costumes, but they are convincing enough where it's not a problem. Okay. Mm-hmm. And he's shown that he can work and do really good work on a very very small budget. Yeah. And so especially uh, bigger because stu- even before Spider Man, like there he had some bigger studio things like uh, Quick and the Dead. Yeah. Oh okay. Uh, no, okay. Was it a for the love of the game? Plan, a simple yeah. plan, yeah. And that's the thing. They started him off kind of slow. Like they started him off with movies that you know it seemed like he could probably do, like The Quick and the Dead. And then he did like slightly more commercial stuff, like A Simple Plan and The Gift. And then they were just like, okay, you've proven yourself as both an action director and as a guy who can handle studio films. So now we'll give you Spider Man, which I think makes more sense. Than just being like, hey, John Favreau, you made Swingers. You want to do Iron Man? <laughs> well, or I think Christopher it, Nolan and Batman. I think it even, especially for Amy, I think uh, it it works even more for him to to get behind Spider-Man because if you look at the Evil Dead franchise, if you look at Dark Man especially, mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. Quick and the Dead, and uh, Crime Wave even, his another early film of his, um, they're so comic book in nature. 
Mm-hmm. You know, you could break those movies down, and it, it, they have such the wit and the color and the scheme of making a comic book. So I feel that's one other thing that got him the job, mm-hmm. too. Yeah, I mean, the only thing I would have doubted bringing Sam Raimi into Spider-Man is whether he could handle all the CGI, because that's something he didn't prove, because he does practical effects, you know, but... Yeah, I but just I, think I found that's that the risk they took. Yeah, because I find it interesting because I I'm sitting here and I'm watching you know all these movies in the franchise. I'm like, what does the studio see in saying we're going to give this guy at that point in time in 2001? And again, we're not reviewing Spider-Man. I'm just saying you know that in 2001, the only superhero movie that came out that was big was a year before, and that was uh, uh, X-Men. So now it's 2002, and they're like, we're going to give it to this guy. It's just I just find that so interesting that they put a lot of their faith in a lot of money into a franchise that could or could be dead or not. Well, I mean, so. they handed the Captain America movie to fucking the Russo brothers. Yeah, who had made, like, one movie before True. that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Marvel's always doing that. They pick the weirdest directors. Okay. So, do we... Where do we classify Raimi at this, uh, at, at this point now in time in 2016? Do we classify him <laughs> I have no as... Idea. As a, as I don't like think a, he's top tier. Uh, I mean, you say him as like he's really good. A, B, he's someone C. that he's someone that um, he may make like you may think it's a bad film, but it's never a boring film. I guess is the best way to put it. There, there's always something of interest in there. Even even Oz the Great and Powerful. Like I, I oh, he did do that. I don't like that movie, but it it's it's yeah, that movie's interesting. Yeah. I liked I like Mila Kunis as the witch. I thought she was very good. I liked her. Since like two thousand, like I, 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 I like I like Raimi's pre two thousand work a lot. But since two thousand he's been kinda hit or miss for me. Drag Me to Hell's pretty good. No, that's that's the one he's released since the gift that I that I really like. Drag Me to Hell is fun. Okay. See I feel uh, Dragging Me to Hell might be I mean, I'm not gonna say it's the last creative weird horror film that Raimi will make, but I feel like he's getting to that age now and the same with Peter Jackson. I don't know if they're ever gonna go back to their roots. I mean, they they've realized the comfortability of of making studio pictures, like the 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 ease and the accessibility of just sitting back and just letting you know pretty much others do the work for you. I mean, it's kind of disappointing for Amy because he's such a creative person, but you know we'll still have these older films, so it's it's not a huge deal. yeah. I, mean, I do wish he would make more films like Drag Me to Hell, but you know if if he doesn't, we'll still have those movies. Yeah, they're not going anywhere. Yeah, so. Talk about this, but this is my last question. How important is e- the Evil Dead to the horror genre where it is today? I think I think the sequels are more important, but I do think that this film is important as kind of just uh, a source of inspiration. You know that you know this is the, that that you know guerrilla filmmaking like that can be pulled off just so effectively. So I mean that that's where I think its its impact is and its importance is in being a low budget film and being so successful and so beautifully shot. Okay, yeah. I'd yeah. say it also probably in a sense probably kickstarted the '80s too. One of the few to really do yeah. that. When Evil Dead come out, Evil Dead? Uh, Early '81 or '82. It was it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I mean I'm pretty much gonna reiterate what Max said. Like I think it's it's like well like it's like I spit on you, on your grave or any of those movies and. Wherein it's it's not a amazing movie by any stretch of the imagination, but it's it's a movie where you where an aspiring filmmaker can watch it and be like, hey, I can fucking do this. Okay. You know? So 
I think that's point. important. But, yeah. Yeah, no, yeah, because, uh, uh, guys, to be honest, I have a lot more questions than people dead, too, in Army of Darkness. So, <laughs> I mean, like, because, like, I think we've all established here, you know, that this movie, you know, we all feel the way we do about it, but it's nothing compared to the sequel of Army of Darkness. So I think those episodes, you guys, will definitely have a lot more to talk about. But what's our overall review about Evil Dead? Uh, Chad, you want to start off, buddy? Um, I really like it. I mean, it's not as fun, maybe, as the other ones, but... I don't know. I maybe maybe it's it's just because of nostalgia, but I really enjoy it. And yeah, it, it's a little boring at the beginning, but once it really picks up, it's fun and exciting. And I, I don't know. I really don't have much to say other okay. than that I enjoy it and I would recommend it definitely. Okay, Max. Um, I'm just gonna say right now that this is this is my favorite of the original trilogy. This is your favorite. This is my favorite, and I know that's a very unpopular opinion. It's just this film is like more my speed. It's more you know, I just I just I just like horror films like this. I like horror films that take kind of a serious approach, but still have that kind of cheese factor in there. That it's not overtly comedic, but there's still that bit of absurdity. I really like that. I like that mix, and. Um, like I said, I don't find this film super scary by any means, but I do think the Deadites are genuinely disturbing, and I love the makeup work. I think it's so beautifully done. Um, I think the cinematography, like, apart from being innovative, which it certainly is, I think it's, like, legitimately gorgeous at times. I think there's some beautiful shots in this movie and some beautiful lighting. Did actually Raimi shoot this himself or not? No, no, he no. didn't. Okay. But but it, it it's a really good looking movie, I think. And it is a little slow, but I feel like it has a good build to it. I feel like it has a better build than the other films, and the story is a little better constructed. Okay. And I feel like at the end, you know, when Ash has his action moment, it feels like he really earns it. You know, it builds to that, and I like that. So yeah, this is this is my favorite of the series, and I would I would highly recommend checking it out. Ryan. Uh, I'm not. I'm. I'm not gonna recommend this one. Um, I. I do agree that it does have fun moments, and that the deadite uh, makeup design is a little unsettling. But I don't. Um, but besides the makeup design, and the camera work, I don't really find much in this. Um, so no, I. I wouldn't recommend this one. Okay, Brandon. Um. <laughs> what have you not said already? Uh, I don't know. I I adore this one. I adore all three of them for different reasons. Um, to build off what Max says, I mean, it just... To me, I think it's... Uh, before it became um, almost a comedic route, I do feel that uh, this one took a legitimate approach of making a, a surreal and, and, and creepy horror movie. Um, there's things about it that just... I feel are important um mostly probably just because i i saw it so young yeah and then um my my brain acts on a level of i want things to be uh funny and silly and wacky and you know and i want to i want things to take it to an extreme sure so that's what it did for me as well and i love the build-up of ash as well i think uh by the end he's he's gone through so much shit and so much hell um mostly be, because of Raimi behind the scenes like likes to torture people but um <laughs> I think he earns that moment in the end, and uh, that's what really I feel. If while two in Army of Darkness really heightens his character, one is definitely the foundation of who he is and why he's such a pop. He's such an icon. Okay. Okay. All right. 
Uh, I myself cannot recommend this either. I'm sorry. Uh, my opinions could change in later episodes. I, like I said before, I do respect where this movie comes from. I do love the idea, especially for, uh, who, who just said about the 2x4? Was that Brandon or Chad? Or Matt, Brandon, you said about the 2x4? Mm. I didn't know that before, so that even gives me more respect over it because I cannot imagine renting out a camera, especially back then, and slapping it on a two by four and go running like so that so that gives me even more respect to it. What about um, crashing it into Bruce Campbell? Because mm-hmm. that that the shot they drove right through him, not to him. They yeah. drove through him. Well, then I, I other just, things too, like having having certain trees, like um, see, and I and this is I don't know if they were fake. I sometimes I want to say that it, maybe it was, but in the first movie, I'm not sure how the camera will approach a stump or a tree and it'll just split. Yeah, right that's between. weird. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. So it's like the fact that someone took the time to take the movie to that level to be like, oh, yeah. we have this unseen force, but it, it's we're doing it, we're filming it, and playing with it in such a way that it, yeah. it itself becomes a character that you never see is, I think, handled really well. Yeah, yeah I will go with you on that. Okay. Yeah. And so the, overall, yeah. The, the two before trick uh, is used in Raising Arizona as well. Oh, really? Yeah. Hmm. Oh, when uh, Nicholas Cage is running. Yeah. From the dogs, pack of dogs, and um, mm-hmm. someone else, any. And I don't. I think they also use it in the one scene where it goes over the car and then up into the window. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. That's interesting. Yeah. I mean, this movie obviously was an inspiration on the early work of the Coen Brothers, which is probably part of the reason why I like it. But just a bit, just a little part of it. Well, that concludes our episode of The Evil Dead. We'll be back next week for. Evil Dead 2. Dead, oh, oh, I'm sorry. Hold on. Uh, Dead Before Dawn is the, what the title is, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Evil Dead 2, Dead, Dead Before, Before Dawn. Dead by Dawn. Dead by Dawn. I so think. so now for the fans of, and for Brandon as well, we do something that's just a little fun before we close out the show. All of us give a movie they recommend to uh, to the audience to, uh, to uh, check out for the week. Ryan, do you have one? Um, uh, I started reading this book couple days ago called my first movie and it's just a bunch of interviews with uh, directors about their first movie and the first uh, people to interview are the Cohen brothers and that links to this movie because Joel Cohen is uh, was an assistant editor on this movie oh. um, so I will recommend uh, Blood Simple yeah. their first feature movie. which they took a lot of uh, how to how to raise money a lot of inspiration for how to raise the money from Sam Raimi, and he, according to Joel Cohen, he says that Sam Raimi informed a lot on their decisions that they made as first-time directors, so uh, you guys should check out Blood Simple. It's very good. Neo-Noir. Chad? Um, I will rec- I, w- I mentioned his name earlier. Uh, I just thought of recording this. Um, the Peter Jackson movie, Dead Alive, or Brain Dead, uh, it's fucking hilarious. Uh, it features a scene where a uh, priest screams out I kick ass uh, for the lord which is one of my favorite fucking lines I kick ever. ass for the lord it's so, cause he has yeah and he has like a, a thick like New Zealand <laughs> accent you gotta watch that movie if, if you at, in any way enjoy this movie you'll love that movie or even the more better the I'd say just the equally awesome quote is at the party with the uh, the push mower and the party's over <laughs> <laughs> no yeah and there's an entire scene where he kills a horde of zombies with the mower which is hilarious. amazing all right, Max. Okay, um, I'm going to ruin everything and recommend a movie that is not a movie, that is a game, but it's kind of a movie. It's like an interactive movie. It's, it's called Until Dawn. Uh, 
I played it recently, and uh, you know, it, it's it's basically an interactive horror film. You're inside an interactive slasher film, and even though Evil Dead is not a slasher film, playing that game, I could really see a very clear evidence, uh, very clear evidence that, that you know the movies inspired it partially, especially the first one, actually, I think. And uh, it's just a really fun experience to go through, and uh, it's it's really interesting the way it like plays with cliches and like subverts some things and sticks to other things. It's a fun time, so I recommend checking that game game out. Okay. Brandon, do you have one? A recommendation uh, to watch? There's, I'll do. There's a there's two quick ones I can do. There's one I recommend. I think watch and uh, read or listen. I mentioned it uh, earlier. The if Chen's could kill. If you really want to know more about Bruce Campbell, um, he explains why he's always stayed at the B level, and uh, he actually prefers it. And he, he explains why he did, he didn't want to venture too much into Hollywood, and, and actually even at his level, why it's still hard to get jobs. Um, uh, so if you want to know about his his past, his his childhood, which is some funny shit, how he grew up with his brothers, and then going into his start of filmmaking, definitely check that out. And if you want to see a weird movie, um, I think it was, I don't know if it was after The Evil Dead or after Evil Dead 2, but it's called Crime Wave. And it's uh, a really bizarre, kind of like a comical, colorful uh, Sam Raimi take on film noir, in a sense. Everything is real. The sets are lavish. They're huge. It's it's like, um, it's a maniacal Looney Tunes. Nice. Which I feel builds off his their love of the Three Stooges. Nice. Um, I would check that out too, just to see where where else he went other than horror. Okay. And uh, we didn't mention it during the podcast. Uh, I don't know if you, uh, I don't know if you guys found this out. Um, one of the reasons why this movie got such a cult following, and probably why there is an entire series, is when it went to when it went to con actually originally. Uh, Stephen King wrote like a huge review about how he loved it so much. Oh really? And that's that's like because like he actually was the reason why the, the second movie got funding. Stephen King was the producer like or got a hold of Stephen King or something. He's like just fucking fucking make that movie. Wow, hmm. I didn't know that. Yeah. That's interesting. That's probably then. Uh, I guess that's probably why in the first movie you always see Stephen King's quote at the top of it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, for me, I'm always I'm always out there. So yeah. I have nothing to do. This has nothing to do with the movie, but I watched it a few weeks ago on Netflix and I loved it. Uh, check out Turbo Kid. Yeah, yeah. that was I've on your list curious. all over the place. What is that? It do you do you, it is it, it's Mad Max. Oh, but teenagers on bicycles. I have never heard of this. It's movie. in Canada, right? It's it's made in Canada. It is amazing. Uh, Brandon and I have discussions about it. I am a fan of it. I think it's ridiculous. It's on Netflix. You can check it out right now. It's called Turbo Kid. I will check it out. Literally, it is Mad Max, but instead of adults, it's teenagers, and instead of car chases, it's bicycle chases. Like bicycles. Like bicycles. Okay. And it is bloody as shit. It well, makes it makes ter- it makes Kill Bill look like a Disney film. Teenagers in the minimal sense. There's only really two. Well, yeah, yeah. We'll give you that. Yeah. yeah the title is Turbo Kid. <laughs> well, that's 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 a discussion for another time. <laughs> that movie uh, created a sore spot in me. I just really enjoyed it because I had so much fun with it. But uh, uh, literally five seconds of it, it is a post-apocalyptic world in 1997, and everybody vengeance for themselves. Gotcha. So, what year was it made? Last year. 
So it's a post-apocalyptic world in the past. 1997, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's hilarious. I want to watch it now. It's <laughs> great. It's called Turbo yeah, Kid. It's amazing. I enjoyed it. So anyway, check out that movie, and I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Make, a check, make sure to check us out on iTunes, on Twitter, on Facebook. And uh, we'll be back next week for Evil Dead 2, Dead Before Dawn. Yeah. This is Jordan. Dead by Dawn. Dead by Dawn. <laughs> this is Ryan. Uh, Chad. This is Max. Brandon. Take care. <laughs>